Hi, and welcome to the second episode of Keen Minds. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saeko. And I am Tessa. And we are here today to go over the second episode of the fourth season of NBC's The Blacklist, called Mato. And we'll be covering today uh, Red's reaction to both Tom and Liz and the way that he approached that reaction to what's happened. Also a little bit of Kate's reaction to it, and we'll touch on the task force as well and go into a couple of parallels that we saw between the Keens in, in the second part. And the most interesting thing that we are going to cover is the relationship between Red and Tom. It's one of the most fascinating relationships of the show to me, probably next to, to Red and Liz. Oh, absolutely. I mean... You start off with the pilot episode. Red goes in and, t- and has someone gut him. First off, the husband that we don't know anything else about other than he's the husband of an FBI agent gets the crap beaten out of him and stabbed twice in the pilot episode. And you're going, what is this poor guy in for? Exactly. And then we find out it is Red who asks Zamani to go do that, probably with a, a dual objective of sending a little message to Tom, actually probably a mild message now that we know what Red does, and uh, to have Liz find his his uh, secret cache of documents and, and money. Definitely. And I don't think that Zamani was the first message that Red sent along, because we've talked about before the Dear blood. Uh, that wasn't dear blood. <laughs> the non-dear blood. That, uh, <laughs> Tom seemed very offended that Liz didn't catch on to that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that it's, a, it's a fascinating uh, relationship to me. They, they are in, a, in many ways, they're similar. And they, I mean, it's been, it's been a wild ride, if you really think about it. From that moment that we see Zamani gotting Tom um, and cut a as he said, cutting him like a totem pole to the point where they are at the end of season three. It's a really a wild ride. Oh, absolutely. You've got all through the first half of season one where pretty much the only person that knows for sure who Tom is, you know, out of the main cast would be Red. And so you've got that wonderful scene in, in this where Sam has just been killed when Red just kills Sam. And the two of them sitting out there at the hospital with all the veiled threats and everything that goes into a covert yeah, spy conversation. And you mentioned it's not just Red threatening Tom. Tom is also threatening Red. He's, when he says, you know, my wife will be heartbroken, that's a veiled threat to Red. I, it's telling him, I know what you did. And if you think I'm not going to tell her if I don't have to, if I have to, I will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I've always wondered what would have happened if Tom had caught an earlier flight, if he'd walked in in the middle of all of that. And also, why was he there? He flew like a bat out of hell to get to Nebraska on time. Liz, the daughter, was like, oh, I don't know. I got work. I can't go now. And Tom was on a plane. So I do wonder if either Aunt uh, June or Sam himself call him and say, listen, there's things I got to tell Liz. And if I don't make it, I want you to be here. I think that Sam knew who Tom was. I think that he knew who Tom was, recognized him for who he was, both in the fact that he's a covert operative and the fact that he was in love with with Sam's adopted daughter. And I think they probably had, at the time, he was probably the closest thing to a father figure that Tom's ever seen. You know, because Bud is not exactly the uh, stellar figure there. And so, I mean, I can imagine that he was the father-in-law that Tom needed at that time. 
and and knowing that Sam knows Red for a long time, at least since Liz was born, if we are to believe Red, that means that Sam was probably well acquainted with the idea that probably Red did put him in his, in Liz's life with unintended consequences. Absolutely. And he just had, he would have had a very different view on Tom than Red would having been set back like he was. And so, I mean, Red was not in the middle of Liz's life at the time like Sam was. And so he wouldn't have known the the personality that came with Tom, you know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and and that, that scene is, is priceless when they sit there and they're, you know, exchanging back and forth. And a lot of people, I think, think that that scene was a retcon. What do you think about that idea? I've never, I honestly had not heard that until you mentioned it a couple of days ago. I had not heard anybody call that a retcon. I hadn't stumbled across that theory. I still, for the life of me, don't understand why anybody would say that. It fits perfectly with things that happened throughout season two and season three. Just all of that seems to fit well for me. Because obviously they're not going to sit there in the middle with all of these witnesses and go, so, you, this person that I hired to, you know, basically stalk a young lady, and you know, that ended up marrying her, you know, it's, they're not going to have that conversation in the open. Tom has no idea who Red has sitting around. He has no idea if he has people, if he's got a sniper rifle on him right then. Exactly. No, and to be fair, Red probably doesn't know if, if Tom has anybody around there. Not that I think he'd be too awful worried about that. But in the grand scheme of things, they're not going to make a scene, a huge, you know, fight between them yeah. in the middle of a hospital. Well, they both are described by different people as reckless and dangerous. That is one of the first, actually, that was my first real clue to start looking for parallels, was the fact that both were described by different people as dangerous and reckless. And the, the one thing that that you see is that how can anybody think that when Red would have Tom got it? How would he know who Tom is if he hadn't been the one hiring him? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I don't think that's a retcon. I think the the writers have had a fairly clear plan from the get go on this and they've been working towards it. And a lot of people don't like that plan. So they're less inclined to believe it. But (laughs) I mean, we do. Yeah, we do. And it, it seems to fit for me as a writer coming at it from a writer's point of view. I'm, I look at all the little details, and especially after the rewatch of watching the three seasons mm-hmm. back to back this summer. It just there are a lot of things that I didn't realize were tying together that have come through and tied together. My favorite one right now is the fact that Liz's father has been mentioned in all three season finales. That was a great, great catch. And I went, wow, OK, well, maybe I need to give the writers a little more credit. And so I think that they're just so good that sometimes people you know, they underestimate them. I think so. I think you get, you get an idea in your mind, you know, what the season should be like. And then when it doesn't happen like that, you go, oh, that the, they don't know what they're doing. No, you, if you start thinking they do know what they're doing, maybe I need to wait until I can get all the, the facts line up in a row. Then they do. Eventually they do. And to be I, fair, I will admit to have having been one of those people that has complained and complained and complained about continuity. And there are small things that are still continuity errors. I mean, it's going to happen, especially on a show with so much information put together so quickly. In 22 episodes. Exactly. I mean, it's just, you're going to miss things. But regardless, I've come to the conclusion after, after the rewatch, especially, and in recent, recent moments that I'm more inclined to sit back and go, okay, this looks like a plot hole. 
it looks like a dangling thread that they haven't gone back to in a long while, but they haven't let me down yet. So I'm going to have a little faith in them. I, I, I always have my favorite thing is the bowl of apples that the red puts, has Kate put in the hallway when in the director. Everybody loves apples. Exactly. But whenever you see something that doesn't seem to fit, instead of saying that it's a bad writing or lazy or continuity, it's probably just, I call them the small seams where you see that there's a piece missing there. That's all it means. And, and every time that I've gone through that, I've said, you know what? I'm, I was right. I got the piece and now it fits. Um, and, and in that, um, it's interesting because uh, as we go back to, to Tom and Red and their next interaction is Red is keeping a very close watch on, on Tom to the point where he calls her on 219 and tells Liz that Red has been that um, Tom has been sitting on the um, outside in a park. And then they follow him to the archive. Uh, in 119? In 119, okay. I'm sorry, yes. And, and that, that scene is great because it leads into um, their, their grand, when he delivers uh, Tom tied to a chair, they ended up with a grand finale of 119 when Tom gets shot. And then Liz tells read about about Tom telling her and we are going to eventually go into those two uh, very conflicting and and, uh, thought-provoking if not all the provoking things Uh, but I think that we need to devote a whole uh, podcast in one of of the The hiatus moments yes I think so something interesting real fast there that uh, between the following Tom and delivering Tom into the you know tied to the chair and the duct tape because that poor man gets duct taped more than any other character in this show <laughs> i swear um always the duct tape with him it's but, an indispensable spy tool it really seems to be yes <laughs> but <laughs> red would not have done that if we're coming at it from the approach which i am clinging to fully and refusing to let go of that red does care for liz red is really looking out for liz's best interest whether he's doing it in an emotionally healthy way or not for him he's doing the best he can to protect her if we're coming at it from that point of view then he is not going to deliver a man into her home who might kill her who is legitimately going to hurt her and i know a lot of people have issues with the fight that's that'll need to be another one we we touch on is is the mr mrs king fight but those two scenes we definitely they probably got three tough scenes that you know are probably worth uh, one two or three uh episodes of this podcast on their own but on on a general basis absolutely i mean the fact that that red waited for two years before going to to list and surrender to the fbi tells me you know maybe he was concerned about what was coming about berlin although he didn't know who it was but definitely not be concerned about this immediate safety and of course you don't deliver a man tied to a chair especially a guy that with that kind of training tied to a chair because he got got out of the war situations before and then have all of the people leave they were left alone in the home there was, exactly. there was nobody to help her. I mean, and so Red didn't think that he was going to do anything. And to be fair, Tom, the only thing Tom did was get to a point where he could get out. Yes. And so, I mean, Red judged that correctly. Yeah, and when he walks in the home, 
he's not like rushing to her like, oh, yeah, you need medical attention. Exactly. He knew so, she was fine. You and I have a very different understanding uh, of, of those scenes. And, and I think that that absolutely stay tuned for those podcasts to come during the hiatus. Um, but f- the next point where we see Red and Tom and they get into 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 a, because they've been talking a lot back and forth through Liz. You know what Red says to Liz, what Liz, what Tom says to Liz, but directly a scene between them is in Dresden, correct? Uh, no, no. The next one would have been when they were sitting down at the restaurant where he hand uh, after Liz lets him go. That is correct, yes. absolutely. And I, so, which is really interesting um, because <laughs> if I were Tom, I I would have. I would be very hesitant to walk in and meet him. I mean, I know that he doesn't have a lot of choices right there, but this is a man that hates him, and Tom is well aware of that. He, he's well aware of the, the dangers of Raymond Reddington. And and at that point, he did not even have Liz's um, blessing. Because oh, he didn't have Liz's protection. He didn't have the Major's protection. He was he was alone in the world at that point. Yeah, that, that scene where he is burning those passports, he was just not burning the passports. He was burning his past. Oh, well, yeah, that's later on. But I, I'm talking about in the, the restaurant itself where he walks in. The, yeah, yes. The whole scene where, where he gets up he after gets Red up. tells him, you will not see her again. That, that whole scene. He's walking in very much i mean red has the upper hand there and that that had to have been a little unnerving for him he had one of the important the, the things that that struck me the most about that scene was when he tells red you know after 4 months in that boat chaining that boat i didn't tell her about you about us and and to me that is I always say and people get all upset about it that Tom and wrestler share one characteristic they're both they both do their job comes first and even they go by the book the book is different one is the law the other one is the uh, I guess a manual for undercover operators. the Tom Bond manual exactly or I love the Tom Bond manual I but, really hope they go back to that Liz needs to pop off with that eventually <laughs> But the, 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 the point is that he he takes the job seriously. And at that point, I don't think his fear of red. I mean, at the, what else has he has to lose? He has very little to lose. That's fair. That's very and, fair. And he still didn't give Tom up. In fact, the only time that we see Tom give up a mission is when they threaten this. Yes, He's ready to true. die. He's ready to be tortured. But... Just don't threat Liz. We've we've seen that several times now. Mm-hmm. And so that that scene to me, when when he walks in there and tells Red about, I think that it's a point that it's not a lot of people realize. It it, it that's a commitment to the job, not just fear of red because if it were fear of red he wouldn't have never married Liz to begin with that's a very fair point he would have walked away he would have you know and I think that's part of what happened with the Keens is it took that moment of Tom deciding and there is that moment in in season two I think it's the Vanessa Cruz episode where where he decides after she says you know you have to tell me the truth and he lies straight to her face about the passports because he doesn't want to give up red when she tells him goodbye he realizes i have a choice here i have the job or i have liz and without any promise of anything in return he chooses liz over the job and that's where you see him actually granted the the coming back from dresden is a huge step for him where he goes to the feds and confesses to the murder and potentially could have been you know I, i don't know dc's uh dc's laws on that but he would have either been in prison 
for a very long time or potentially, you know, the death penalty. Because Ames was a cop. Exactly. So he could have got the death penalty. And so there, I mean, obviously he was choosing Lewis over the job to a great degree. But as soon as he was let loose, he went straight back to the major. That's what he did. and Because so, that's what he does and that's what Red calls. Oh, exactly. But when, when Liz gave him that ultimatum, that, that's the moment I think it finally clicked with him of I have to make a choice. It's either the job or it's Liz. Which one do I care about more? And he made that choice. And from that point forward, he started moving forward with her. Not Which with is- any promise of a relationship at that point, but as a human being, he started making significant strides forward. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, did Red recognize those things that that Tom was at each point choosing Liz as a? It's not loyalty to him, but it's loyalty to someone that Red appreciates. I'm not sure he may have realized it by now. I think that he. I mean, I think we've seen that he's realized that by now because whenever anything needs done. Season three, Liz is on the run. He doesn't put up a fight when when Tom's in the middle of things. When, you know, after Liz quote unquote dies, when they need someone to fit the, you know, to to do the job in a very, very boxed in time of switching the the oil tankers, Tom Keen gets called for that. When it has to do with Liz, when the loyalty is to Liz, within the last season or so, I would say Red is willing to work with him on that because he knows that Tom will get the job done if it has to do with Liz. Well, and it started leading with the um, the passing of the gun in the church. But the, the next time that we see Tom and Red interact, he goes to pick him up in Dresden. The really funny thing about that that I love, I, because wrestlers sitting there the whole time going, you just let him walk. He just left. What's going on now? And Red's going, it's okay. We, we delivered our message. We did what we came to do because Red knows he's coming back. Red never had a question in his mind, no matter how much Tom complained and yelled and screamed about it. And through a fit, really, Red knew that Tom was coming back because Red knew where the loyalties lay. Yes. And, and uh, one interesting thing about that is that that is the first time that Tom actually tells Red that in his that he's using Liz. And so I think that for Red, that was an, a, a point where he realizes where a lot of Tom's actions come from. And that could be. That's a very good point. Because he says, you know, what do you care? You've been using her. You need her on the outside so you can keep your little task force running. I think that's more or less the gist of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought, boy, I mean, that is telling Red a lot because it explains Tom's reactions Red already knows that he's there because he loves Liz. Now it's telling him why why he chose to stay at any cost. Some of them questionable, but he stayed because he distrusted Red and Red's intentions towards Liz. Because I don't think at any point, I, I mean, can you even see this when Red was hiring Tom, you know, goes to the mayor and said, listen, I got a young woman I really love and care for, and I need an operative to to care for her. You, I mean, that would be so beyond what Red would do. I just keep wondering, because he then hired Ezra later, who was also young, attractive, straight, and male. You know? yeah, I, I just, I <laughs> just like my operative. To be, to be gorgeous, yeah. I know, it's like he keeps going for this type, and I'm going, Red, sweetheart, bad life choice, you know. <laughs> you needed to go for a tough-looking woman. That would have been yeah, your choice. You know, hire Gina Zanatakis, it'll be fine. <laughs> you know? I don't know, she's attractive, you never know. Uh, yeah, you know. 
<laughs> so it's always possible. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, 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 the funny thing is with that is there, if you remember the way Red was towards this welfare at the very beginning with the task force when he didn't know them, it was, remember in, in the Stewmaker, oh, I don't know, either you let me do things my way or you find whatever is left of Agent Key yourselves. I think a lot of that was put on, to be honest. Of course it is, but it's the same thing that he probably did with Tom. Oh, yeah, it's a manipulation tactic. It's But he by not letting the the person know how much he cares for Liz, he has to protect his vulnerability. I was going to say, so, but that, in a way, that also protects Liz, because we saw what exactly. happened in the Enzo Garrick episodes where they found out, oh, this is someone he cares about. Look, he came out of the box for her. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Liz becomes much more valuable to them and they're willing to take her with them because exactly. they're not willing to let her go no matter what Red says. Red cannot talk them out of that. Red can talk himself out of most anything. And the fact that that they see that she is a vulnerability is dangerous for her. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, I think that's why he plays that card. Exactly. For, for Tom, it was natural to think, I don't know if this guy really cares about Liz or if he's using Liz for some ultimate purpose. Well, I think Tom had pieces of information and I'm sure some of them he found himself I I honestly think that a lot of his digging around that he was doing quote-unquote for Berlin you know it was probably just to to see what on earth was going on with this whole situation and try to get a a good grasp on where everything fit was Liz really in danger you know who is Reddington to her well Reddington could have been anybody to her and and that you have the uh, the thing that he told her at the end of the fight in the house. I'm one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah. Red is not me. who you think. So that to me tells me he thought, I'm, I love this woman. I'm I'm taking this job because this guy tells me he's going to protect her. He's not out to hurt her, and and that is a, a, an often overlooked statement of Tom. Well, I think that also goes back to what we saw uh, and heard between the conversation of Tom and Gina in season three when they're sitting in the hotel room when he's trying to, to get her just to let them live in peace. Mm-hmm. And he talk, he says, you know, well, I think the line is, we don't pull people up, we stand back and watch them drown. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of hurting people. And so I get the impression that at least to a degree, I mean, granted, the, the major was bringing in children with sociopathic tendencies and, you know, disconnect. I mean, th- there were certain kids that he was looking for these aren't kids that are going to join up and go i want to change the world for the better but i'm yeah. sure quite a few of them had kind of a james bond sort of outlook towards it i'm going to be a spy well now see- that you mentioned the same word spies and sociopath i gotta point out i pointed you towards a book that i found yes that i love that book so much <laughs> about what is i think it's called what spies and saints and it can uh, uh it's ceos uh, can uh can the wisdom, wisdom a, of uh, the wisdom of, of psychopath of psychopath and a lot of people have this thing about oh tom is a sociopath no tom has psychopathic tendencies and among those are uh risk taking a very clear uh reading of people a, a an ability to think on your feet and it's uh, an ability to um not be swayed by emotions in circumstances of high stress. And if you think about it, which other of our favorite characters has exa- and capable of horrible things? We've which got one? Red and Liz. Exactly. And, and Samar. And, Samar and, probably borders on that as well. Because anybody who is, or 
most people who are in an elite military unit all have sociopathic, psychopathic tendencies. Otherwise, they would not be able to function. The second that they are faced with a situation that requires calm assessment in a moment of high stress and high emotional value, they will not be able to function. It's same as a, as a surgeon. You want a surgeon that goes, oh my God, oh my God, my wife is leaving me. I can't do the surgery or kills you in the middle of the surgery because he has an emotional problem or you started bleeding and he can't think correctly because he gets all flustered. No, there's sociopathic tendencies doesn't mean a, a, a crazy person with no feelings. It just means a person who has in that, in that spectrum is able to function well we saw and, a perfect we saw a perfect example of it in this past episode with tom and uh, nikos oh yes i mean that was such a perfect example of it because he's standing there and that's you gotta imagine he probably had some sort of training within saint regis on on torture intense, yes. you know torture yeah. intense, torture one and, <laughs> yes and then there's with the bunnies and the <laughs> oh the poor bunnies <laughs> that's still that interview just kind of haunts me oh on my that. god it is <laughs> But um, anyway, but so that that's something that he he is aware of how to do that he's good at doing. I don't think he gets his kicks from it, certainly, but I he is good at it. He is he, he can get the answers he needs in a collected you know amount of time. But something just like Red. Absolutely. Just like and Red. just like Liz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Liz was perfectly willing to torture people. And Mira was back in season one. Exactly. We saw that in the. Uh, uh, the it was, I think the second episode where the guy broke his leg after Liz ran him over. Yeah, she says, you know, there's a difference between me and the, C- the FBI and the CIA. <laughs> She's, you know, putting pressure oh, on the leg. So painful. Oh, gosh. We have multiple people working through this that, that can put aside and compartmentalize their emotions and handle the issue at hand. Tom needed that information. He needed the information in a select amount of time because his baby girl was in trouble. His child that has no ability to protect herself has been separated from both of her parents and is with a man that keeps that's kidnapping her because he has this delusion of kidnapping his own child and becoming a happy family. And so, yes, I mean, that that is Tom putting aside everything else and focusing in the interesting thing and the fact that this shows growth with him is the fact that afterwards he connected his actions had caused pain to someone that he is fond of. Exactly. And I thought it was interesting, too, that in that scene we see something that we also see in red. You know, the little story, the little smile. Mm-hmm. He's perfectly charming as he's about to... to uh, to torture someone, we've seen it. That magnificent scene in season one with the cigar in the vlogging. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, <laughs> that was killing me. Yes. Oh my god, that was such a great scene. I it's, mean, we all love Red doing it. Or, or um, the and, scene of um, in in season three, uh, Gregory Devry. Oh, when he's just going off on that, when he's sitting there and he just starts in on that monologue. And he it ends with him stabbing the man. Um, yes, another yes. lovely parallel because it's the, the a few seasons, be, a few episodes before they had said, "Oh, it takes a hard heart to kill a man with a knife," and there <laughs> and it is. Red, <laughs> exactly. There is Red killing Caliguri, and he had killed um, this. He and he had stabbed the Russian ambassador. I don't uh, think Red has a hard heart. I think he, like we were just talking about, he compartmentalizes. He does what he has to do at the moment. Exactly. And he, he doesn't let the emotions get to him that would stop him from that. Oh, he, I He's think a means to the end. Is, 
Exactly. And the, the next one that we see Tom and Red, it's an interesting take on all that. It's the yo-yo now go away when he goes to the motel room and Tom is there. Yes, following Dresden, when Tom does come back after Red had left him in Dresden going, basically, he'll be here. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I both love and hate that scene so much because, you know, <laughs> hmm. as, as an adult daughter, if my father came to me and said that, there would be all sorts of conversation between us on the appropriate, appropriateness of that, of, you know, did I not make myself clear? He's back in your life. It's the it's way a he twelve year old like exactly. I mean that that is the teenager to see exactly. That is the that's what you say to a teenager who is still under your roof. I, a grown man does not, and especially we. I mean, there is a very very valid chance. I mean, the the chances are getting slimmer and slimmer that Red is biologically related to Liz. But um, he functions as a father. So exactly. Exactly. You know, but it's a moot point. But regardless, he has spent years away from her. You know, he, he is not her dad. Sam was her dad. And so to come in and say that and to have that approach to her, I thought was highly inappropriate on his end. But but that be, that's read in his control mode. He has well, to control like, everything. There is, there is a, a point in that scene that I love, which is when he says, you have to imagine what your life could be without him. And... Liz says, I don't have to imagine. And Red is so satisfied because he thinks she's saying, oh, it would be so much better. But this is after the front. And she's already been missing Tom. So he's answered. When you look back, it's really interesting. It's one of the things that I really looked for in the rewatch. Season uh, 1B through, really through about 3, throughout 3A, when she and Tom don't spend a lot of time together, when they are emotionally apart, physically apart, et cetera, et cetera, because while they have the moment on the boat in, in the season two finale, they're not really back together. I mean, she expects him to go chase his dream. They're not really back together. They don't get back together until 3B. But that's when she starts smiling again. That lovely smile. Megan has a gorgeous smile. And you start seeing it more and more, and it just picks up. No matter what kind of chaos is going on, she still has those moments where she is just happy. Yes, and and that they do have the conversation in the comic, uh, where in the comic book when they are talking in in Paris, and he's and they have that lovely conversation about the Christmas uh, thing and how the the kids made a a, mm-hmm. a Christmas ornament. It's a lovely conversation. Oh, I love that one. Yes. But no, you're right. Uh, you called it a yo-yo effect, and it really is. It's Red. Red loves to bring people into Liz's life. Sam, Tom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He brings people in. He uses them for what he wants, and then he pushes them aside. When when Sam had done his use and he was about to spill secrets, Sam's dead. When Tom has done his use, when he's come in and you know saved Liz and fessed up to the murder of Eugene Ames, Red wants him gone. He only wants people there on his terms, not on Liz's, even though they are people that are affecting Liz's life directly. They're there on, Red wants them there on Red's terms. And I think that's one of the things that he dislikes most about Tom, is that Tom doesn't put up with that. He's the wild card in a fairly predictable group yeah. of people. He can, he can, Red can predict everybody except a very few people, and Tom is one of them. Yeah, um, with the exception of Tom's loyalties lie with, with Liz. 
That's like yeah. that's the only thing you can count on is that Tom's loyalties lie with Liz and now Agnes. I can imagine when Tom when he fired Tom and he fully expected that the fear that he instilled in people would keep Tom away, and nope, Tom Could was you still imagine, did Sam call him one day and go, so you're going to figure this out sooner or later, so it might as well come from me. Tom kind of proposed to Liz. Liz accepted. The wedding's set from a month from now. Please don't kill my future son-in-law. <laughs> you know? She really does love him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that Tom in, in, in Red spoke. I think Oh, no, I'm saying that, Sam. I, oh, yeah. If Sam made that call of, my daughter really, truly loves this man, please do not put a bullet in his head at the altar. I think, I think on June was um, a watcher. I think they both could have been. I could imagine them both having been in on it. Yeah, I think that, that she was Red's watcher, keeping an eye on everything and making sure that everything was done according to his wishes. Mm-hmm. Not narcissistic at all, not controlling, nope. Not that I read. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Was that sarcasm there? <laughs> oh, really? Did it come across? <laughs> so, so okay, we're moving down. Um, the, the motel room we was got such the an interesting warehouse. That yeah. is that is it, that is a scene that in Tom and Red's relationship is monumental. Oh, it was amazing, it, and it was it was a huge growth on Tom's point because Tom had just fessed up. To everything that should have terrified him. He, he just chose Liz over Red, over the job, over everything that he's ever known. All that has ever produced anything in his life. I mean, where everyone else had pushed him aside and said he wasn't worth anything. Bud picked him up and said, what they're saying is, is going to keep you down. I'm going to use to pull you up. And then promptly, in a way, does. You know, in a very twisted, warped way, does. And so Tom has just turned his back on all of that for Liz without any promise of anything going forward. Exactly. And then she shows up on his doorstep with Raymond Reddington hooked up to all these machines and says, I didn't have anywhere else to go. Echoing exactly what he said when he showed up at her, her motel and she told him to get out. Yes. And he still says, okay, go in there and tells her this is not for him. This is for you. Um, But then he has, he goes to red. And, and, you know, red on drugs, red out of surgery is still scary red. Loopy red. Yep. (laughs) But it's still scary. Well, I mean, the man had, the man got a a bullet pulled out of his lung and like two or three hours later was crawling over to get a gun to fight back against the cabal. Exactly. Raymond Reddington is a badass. I'm willing to admit this. (laughs) He is. He certainly is. And, and 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 Tom knows what is to be shot. He knows what kind of pain it is. And yet, there they are. And he tells Red that he said to Liz, he he explained everything to Liz, and he's trying to fix it, and he's done with everything. And I, I think just, I that loved point, I loved that line of him talking about the the moment at the hospital and saying, and all I could think of was nobody has hurt Liz like you have. It's, it's not verbatim, but it was something along those. Uh, no one's hurt Liz as much as you. She's in, she's here because of you. And I think that that is the second time that Tom has purposely told Red, you are the cause of his troubles. And that's him and Kate telling him the same thing. That is a second, the second thing that we, the second uh, parallel that we can see between Kate and yeah. Tom. And, and that may have been what caused Kate to trust Tom, is that understanding there of, you know, we both see him for what he is. Obviously, Kate has a whole lot more loyalty to Red 
than Tom does. I mean, I, I, the one thing that 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 I always thought is what had happened if Red instead of saying, you know, you're fired, would have said, okay, great. Ah, but if you and I work together and you keep this safe, his you life would have this. been so much easier. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of this because most of this happened was because Red firing Tom. And firing him was not a guarantee that he was going to get out of this life. It would have been, I mean, it would have been smarter. I think think that Red thought it was because he was looking at basically this perfect soldier that that Bud handed him the file for. Because I really think that Red didn't know much about Tom at the time past the file that, that the major handed him. Bud handed him a file and said, this is my best operative. This is my recommendation, you know. He's going to, and did not tell him his name was Jacob Phelps because Red continuously refers to him as Tom Keen. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that he knew Tom's, what Tom thought was his name. I mean, obviously we've found out since that Christopher Hargrave is actually his birth name. But the name that he went by, you know, when he was young, that was on all of his records, et cetera, et cetera. Red didn't know that. So I don't think Red knew anything past his file. And so he's looking at this, and these are the kind of kids that come out of St. Regis. These are the kind of operatives that Bill McCready produces. And so with that scenario in place, you have any other person through that program, as soon as they were fired, who's going to go and be so emotionally attached that they're going to risk their life for it? I think that that's what Red was putting out there. You're fired, you know, so basically, if you stick around, you're dead, you know. And if it had just been physical attraction, you know, a, a moment of getting too deep into the cover, et cetera, et cetera, Tom would have left. At that point, when, when it was his life or a chance to love Liz, anybody that was not as head over heels as he is, you know, as deeply in love as he is, would have walked. Yeah. As, but the the my, my thought was... If at that point Red had acted differently, Tom would have had the kind of loyalty that Red wanted. Oh, absolutely. I just don't think Red realized he was that type of person. And at this point, they're so far beyond it that it's there's almost no point. Yeah. But then the next time they see them after that, because if you realize they've been all this time, this is at the beginning of um, the, 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 the last time they speak is at the at the when Red has been shot. And the next time, they're already at the in, in at the end of, halfway through season four, when no, they had the yeah, conversation season of season three of You Will Not Marry Her Again. Which was such that, an interesting parallel to You Will Not See Her Again. Mm-hmm. Now it's not You Will Not Marry Her Again. And I think the marriage itself is something that that ups, upset him. I think that, that the, you know, it's at that point, it's not you will not see her, you will not leave her. It's just you will not marry her. And I do wonder sometimes if, if it was about the legal consequences of marriages, which involve transfer of property and, and right of, of uh, determining certain things. It could have been. And um, I mean, as well, I mean, Red said that he already knew that Liz was pregnant. It's a possibility that he did. True. Mar- marriage makes it more difficult to leave, to just up and leave. And so, I mean, there would have been another another divorce of some sort. I mean, they didn't get divorced the first time it was an annulment. But, um, I mean, there, there would have had to have been legal consequences to break that marriage off. But even if they were having a child, being married or not, doesn't make yeah. any difference to the child or the rights of the father. That's true. That's true. 
But it's certainly interesting because that scene where he says you will not marry again and you see that Tom has no fear. He's like, what? Because oh, he just channels the snark permission. there. Yeah. I love it. And, and, you know, with my crazy theory of, of maybe t- uh, Red being's Tom's father, giving them l- um, enormous amounts of of parallels that we've been seeing, um, that would take a whole different meaning there. Oh, that yeah. you didn't ask daddy's permission. I, I didn't ask daddy's permission. It would be lovely. But, I, you know, that's a crazy theory. In <laughs> uh, that, the, from there on, we go to the wedding. Yeah, and and even, I mean, because before the wedding, he's sitting there and telling Liz, Tom hasn't changed, you, you know, he's a criminal, which I found so ironic with the concierge of crime saying, he's a criminal, you can't marry like him. Me. <laughs> and you I think that's really him. what he's it was coming down to. Oh, like me. I mean, because he told Liz in the season two finale, I didn't want you to be like me. And so I think that's part of it, is that he doesn't want Liz connected to that. He He still has this idea of, somehow some way I'm going to get you your fantasy he just doesn't realize doesn't realize doesn't want to realize etc etc that Tom is now pretty cemented as part of that he's that husband on the other side of that child walking through the park Liz has repeated that over and over and over again over and over again we've seen that he has been in that slot for this this family this fantasy of a family that she wants and that she's always wanted, that he fulfills that for her. Yeah, and, and I think that a, a lot of that, of that um, fantasy of Liz, it's, it's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Well, I think they're going to find their own their version own of normal. Uh, John Bokenkamp has said that, they were not, exactly what you were just saying, they're not going to get the picket fence, which makes sense. I mean, they're the children of spies, <laughs> and they are in a world of chaos. They're never they going to have that. They have childhoods yeah and so but they can find their own version of normal for them that keeps agnes safe that allows them to balance you know life at home and life in their various jobs i have a lot of faith in that especially with redemption coming with them being able to pull that off but that's that's off topic and i I think that that safety it's a relative concept for people like very them. much so. And, and they I mean, are it's people not, like it's them. not like people. Oh, you know what? My kid, you know, the greatest danger to my kid will come from, I don't know, drugs at school. <laughs> this is people that because of who they are, the, they, the degree of danger in their life will be terrible. And I think that is the reason why Tom, why, uh, Red insisted on Liz being taking her to Wujing, uh, taking her to all these dangerous missions because it was a training for the real life that she could have, not the fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. He was preparing her for it because while I think Red would like her to have that, he also knows the reality is he's been fighting this for 20 years and that once once her name came out as Masha Rosova, she was stuck in it. And I think she was stuck in it before that. And that's that's the reason he showed up. I mean, it was yeah, just a matter of time. And you and I have talked a lot about, about how we see Liz. We do not see Liz as being a little damsel in distress. We do not see her as this, like, by-the-book agent that got misled down the dark path by this couple of criminals. Oh, no, I think that, if anything, the face that she was putting on was the little innocent one we saw in the pilot. I, you know that she thought Tom was naive and innocent, and so she downplayed her own dark moments. But you've got those those comments like, before you throw the coffee cup at me, 
Exactly. I mean, little things You're going to do whatever you do because you always do. Yeah, exactly. Little things that show that Liz is, she's always had a violent temper. And honestly, when you start looking at those things, depending on how violent it got, did she really think that her, you know, teacher husband, elementary school teacher husband had no, you know, that he was just totally cool with this? I mean, he was either really beaten down or there was something more to him. And well, I the, thought that I thought that in the Zamani in, in the pilot episode with Zamani oh, when he was sitting there and when she's freaking out, he's looking at her and going, no, don't. He's he's calm. He's collected. And I'm going, what's the matter with you? <laughs> There's yeah, more the, to you. <laughs> the, oh, I knew there was there was more to Tom the second he he uh, flashed that badge. That to me was just such a nice was, uh, thing. I, I had heard rumors because I came in so late and I, I was, ha- the the show was airing season two when I started watching the pilot. And so, I mean, I, I had heard rumors that Tom was more than he appeared, but as soon as I saw him with Samani, I'm going, I don't know who you are. Maybe you're CIA. I don't know. But dude, you were not an elementary school teacher. Yeah. And as also, there is a lot more in that darkness. I mean, if you if you look at first her own self uh, assessment, her own profile of oh, herself. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. She says, you know, she's not saying I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nice, naive, young woman. No, she's not. She the other thing, well. and she was, and she had lied to the FBI. Mm-hmm. She had not said she she always grew up with this thing that oh your father was a career criminal who abandoned you and your mother died of weakness and she, she didn't flinch in front of Red when he said that but then she got angry with wrestler okay. and cooper saying oh, who told that's him that's a cover this? up it's a cover up i thought that that was a cover up to to the end that was her getting to okay I got to deviate, deflect the attention yeah. from that because wrestling is like, wait a minute, how come the, <laughs> your father's criminal record? Because they don't know she's adopted. They don't know that story yeah. that, that she's being told. Yet she didn't say any of this to the FBI. And wrestling said, wait a minute, but how come your father's criminal record is not showing on your, on your, uh, on your record? Of course, because she never said anything. She never said anything about grifting or about robbing uh drugstores or anything no absolutely liz is much more of a gray character than uh, she, she's never been squeaky clean no not not, not she lies and she then she the she, she found the passports and the gun and the money and she yeah. doesn't say anything to the fbi no, or she, to tom and and red red is well aware that that's the route she's going to take because she says well there may be another option you know, exactly. to basically to research it herself because he knows that's what she's going to do because that is Liz. That is what she does is that she takes matters into her own hands. It's why I'm really hoping for, for the next episodes coming up on Thursday. I mean, we, we've seen the, the tagline is Tom takes things into his own hands, which of course he is. I mean, the, it's Tom. But I'm really hoping he's going to do it with Liz going, Red's not helping us. The FBI is working through red tape. So, honey, what are we doing about this? You know? <laughs> And and a lot of a very interesting thing when when we compare those two characters with Red is that you see those tendencies Red has is my way or the highway and you know loyalty is defined of what I want mm-hmm. as I want when I want it and and if you look at what Liz says that those first minutes when you see her besides below that level of oh how sweet they are what a young couple were the delightful thing and the banter and and all that you realize what is Liz saying you cannot take the car I need the car 
Um, well, she runs over him. I mean, in, then, I think it, he's it's happy like, to let her. But... In dog pee, did you take the dog out? And we're out of milk. Like, it's a princess. <laughs> it's like, she's demanding. And, and Liz is high maintenance. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's she is, she's really have narcissistic tendencies and she knows it. She even says it in Atom, and they're very correct and true. And I think the difference between a lot of the fans is that we tend to see her list like that. We, we don't we don't see a damsel in distress, a little a little white ingenue that that got stuck in you know between these two guys. Something something beautiful about that, and you know me, I come from a I come from a shipper's point of view, and I I admit that wholeheartedly. But I I do try to see things fairly balanced, and I I've, I've been told that I manage that for the most you part you do you do um as i like overflowed tumblr this afternoon with with keen squared stuff um all the fluff um but when when tom was just the elementary school teacher to her he let her run her over run him over there was no stop stop you know let, let's talk about the, there was no pushback absolutely no pushback he was just kind of milk toast to her and once everything came out and they they cemented their relationship on truth, we started moving in on 3B even before they became as solid as they were towards the end of the season. When, you know, after they found out she was pregnant, et cetera, et cetera, he pushed back more. There was much more of that. I mean, even at the adoption, when before she found out about him, he was... Oh, God, the heartbreak on that man's face. Finding out that the child that he he thought... I mean, because you have to imagine that Jacob Phelps, who had been denied a home throughout his childhood, the only home willing to accept him long-term was St. Regis. <laughs> and and suddenly he had a chance with a woman that he loved to build a family that he never knew he had, that, that he wanted. And she pulls that out without even giving him a chance to argue it. It's just, yeah. we are doing this because I can't do it. I am making a choice for us because of my feelings and you don't get a say in it. She started doing it again with Agnes, uh, you know, when, when she got pregnant and he goes, no, no, I have I, a say in this. And I, I got very frustrated in the fandom because there, there was a general, you know, consensus on parts of the fandom. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't fandom wide. I hope it wasn't fandom wide, but people saying, you know, well, he doesn't have a say it's her, her body, her say. And I said, He's still the father. He still has uh, rights. And, yeah. and legally, legally. Legally, he has rights. And so, but I was I was so proud of him to push back on that because she needs that. Liz needs that in her life. She doesn't need someone that will become her doormat because she will run them over. She needs someone that is willing to go, no, babe, let's stop and think about this. And, and be patient enough with her as well to walk her through it. And, and to and that, handle and her narcissistic tendencies, and, but be able to balance that with with another point of view. And Tom and, Tom does a great job with her on that. And once they got the truth between them, they were able to start approaching things like that. And and the and, and an interesting you know come back from that and 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 consequence of that is when they're in the church and you see that red who seconds before was telling Liz about not marrying him and the first thing he does is give Tom a gun yeah. to get her Tom, out of here. get her get her out of the way get her out of the way Tom Tom get her so, out of here you know red red could have very easily pulled Liz out and taken the car himself he doesn't he get he says Tom get her out of here 
He has no, just like Dresden, he has no question in his mind that Tom will risk his life, his very life, to save her. Exactly. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing, and that passing of the gun to me. You know, in, in other places, it would be the passing of, I don't know, the family Bible or, or something of the sort. Here is the gun. There's spies. It's, you know, passing well, on the gun. I mean, you know what? It's giving I her away. You. It's giving her away the yeah. ulcer. Yeah, there you go. Here's, here's my, my filial figure and, my, and the gun to protect her. Oh, that, that's about what it boiled down to. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Go do your thing. And from that point forward, he really does start treating Tom like a son-in-law. You really and do start seeing the shift of very much how Dom approaches Red. It, it's and, it's a very similar relationship, including when they're in the in the um, warehouse and Agnes is, has been born, and Liz tells Red to go away, and it's Tom who actually does a little, you know, white light to safeguard his his feelings. She's on a lot of drugs. Just give her a break. Yeah. No, I loved that scene, and and Red just kind of shrugs it off, like okay. You know, and Liz yells at him. And then, you know, he comes back and tells her, you know, it's a good name and you'll learn. And and you can see. And that was one of my favorite scenes of oh, the it is mine entire too. blacklist is that scene with Tom and Red and Agnes. And he's, you know, in the midst of this, this pain and he just collapsed and his world is just change in there they are these two men with an uneasy relationship uh, very similar in many things and united because there's this little girl in between them that has nobody else in the world but them according to what red feels and, and mm-hmm. what we know at that time well i well, thought it was fascinating that of all the people that red could have sent to tell tom liz had passed away he went himself yes he chose to go himself. Um, like you just said, amidst of all the pain, he took it upon himself. He didn't send Bass. He didn't send Mbe. He didn't send Mr. Kaplan. He went himself alone. We don't see anybody else really walk in with him and goes in and says, you know, and, and has that conversation. I mean, and you could say part of it was to see Agnes, but it was a, it was a very strange respect thing. I mean, that was one of the very few moments that we see respect from Red geared towards tom yes i i I, that remains one of my favorite scenes and and from there on we go from there to all those things of 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 uh, and i found interesting because when we contrast the way liz was at the beginning she wasn't very skilled with red in asking you know in in setting boundaries in asking for things in return even though she starts doing it eventually and say well i give you i give you my information or or whatever you need if you give me an answer but Tom immediately pushes back. He's like, this is not how it works. You let me do this and, and then let you be in Agnes' life. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Tom comes from that world. He really does. And he, he knows more what to expect. And granted, Liz has been learning about that world, but Tom's grown up in it. it it's second exactly. nature to him. What was, what was very interesting, I'm still weighing back and forth and looking at all the pieces. And I, I just don't, I feel like it's a puzzle that has multiple missing pieces out of it. Like, like those huge pieces that you need, you know, mm-hmm. with why, why Red, he, he told Tom he, that he had never told Tom that, that Scotty was his mother because he had a child to raise and that Scotty Hardgrave had a lot of secrets that included Tom that could put both Tom and Agnes in danger. That was his reasoning for not telling Tom that Scotty was his mother. 
But as soon as Tom was about to go in and put a bullet in Scotty's head, he calls him, tells him, don't do this. And that's the reason he gives him, which is somewhat understandable that that's kind of a last ditch effort of you're, you're going to regret this. You know, you're the man raising Agnes. You need to keep your conscience somewhat clear, <laughs> you know, granted. And also to be able to come back. And it, that's a, what makes me crazy about that scene that deleted is when, when Red says, what gives me the power if it doesn't matter if I don't come back. Yeah. I don't fear anything. Nothing gets affected if I'm not around. There is no little girl at home waiting for me, and you're no longer that. Exactly. And so, and and to be fair, if he had shot Scotty Hargrave in her office after Trey walking her up there, how far would that have been to stretch? Tom Keen's the murderer. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. I mean, and granted, Tom probably would have taken Agnes at that point and gone immediately to, to Cuba, but... That's not how it worked out. But what was interesting, what I found, what I'm still paddling with, and I think when Redemption airs, we'll get more information on it. Red said that the reason that he didn't tell him was because of all the secrets and the dangers to to Tom and and Agnes. But as soon as he did tell him that, he started pushing. Well, aren't you looking for answers about your mother? Why wouldn't you do this instead of trying to help us with Kirk? Stop helping us with Kirk. Go look into Scotty Hargrave. You know, is Scotty just a lesser danger or her dangers a lesser danger than Kirk is? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. But he starts Hmm. trying to manipulate Tom into that direction. And obviously Tom's looking at him like, I halfway wrote the book on manipulation, dude. You're you're not getting anywhere with me. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. I didn't think about it. He wanted Tom out of the way, out of out of Kirk's way. He did, but why send him into something dangerous like that? I mean, is it is it so much his Scotty's such a lesser danger than Kirk in Red's eyes that it's the lesser of two evils, basically, is what I'm wondering. Well, I wonder what those secrets might be, and and that might and be that, that's going to be the key is finding secrets. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we'll find but, that out with redemption. Uh, and and finally, in this last episode, um, this it's such a departure for for Red and Tom that when Tom arrives and they're in the car, there is no well, you did that, nothing. It's just get Mister Kaplan out. Do you have? We don't have Liz. Do you have Agnes? Uh, it's just work. It's like that. Yeah, they just pick up where they, as if they had been in this from the get go together. Yeah, it's it's almost it's almost a continuity, a, a continual from the the part where he calls and says, "Don't go to the meeting with with Scotty because yeah, uh, yeah," and then it's got kill or or capture kill. It's a peace offering. It's it was just like bam, bam, bam. We're into this routine here. Yeah, and that's I love it when they work together like that. I really do. Um, and as if anybody follows my Tumblr, Tumblr, you'll see how very, very much I've been struggling with how angry I am at Red right now. I, I have multiple reasons I'm angry, including the whole Kaplan issue. But part of it was has to do with the way he reacted to Tom. And in part because of the way he reacted to Tom, the way he was reacting to Liz. See, I, I saw that, that reaction in the plane. Is that the one you're talking about? It is, but... But the thing is, when and, and I know you see it as a very parental sort of reaction, and I, I understand that. But the thing is, as of right now, as of what we know, and unless Red has been lying, and even if Red was lying the whole time, and he is biologically Liz's father, that doesn't matter. Tom is, is Agnes's father. Liz is Agnes's mother. Those are the two people that are responsible for that little girl's well-being. To go and admonish 
him when his child is missing, his wife is missing, admonishing him for doing everything he could to, in his power, protect his little girl. It was so childish. I got so angry at him at that scene. And I was hoping, because I saw it as a clip, I was hoping there'd be more to it. And then there wasn't. It was just red. It kind of reminded me, you remember when Wrestler said, you know, I beat you? That really mm-hmm. childhood, I mean, and I love Ress. I mean, to anybody that's listening, you guys know how much I adore Wrestler. It's like this one of two comments I have ever like thoroughly hated from him. <laughs> but that, and, but that comment to, from Red towards Tom and Kate to me didn't read at all like that. It, it read like you know you you maybe it's something you can not do. Um, and, and you considering that he has always said, you know, the major only takes superior intelligence, kids of superior intelligence. You know, he doesn't he's not ever going to say Tom is stupid. He just doesn't have the wisdom because it's, it comes with age. I think it was a job at Kate that has both and didn't get that. And But I I am very much of the opinion that as much as Red loves Agnes and I, I don't question at all that she, that he does, he doesn't have any right to to dictate how she's protected oh well we don't know (laughs) because we don't know the whole story i I am always in whenever we have seen questioning red's reasons for acting we end up when we hear the the part of the story a bit more of the story is like oh okay so i am a little reluctant this time to say well you weren't acting this way or that way but mm, I don't know, because I don't know what Red is, what re- what reasons Red has to act the way he does. I have a theory that Katharina is alive, that he knows where it is. And if he reveals too much, then he puts Katharina at danger. If he reveals too little, then puts Liz at danger. And he's managing that conundrum the best way he can. Oh, I think he's doing the best he knows how. I I do not disagree with that at all. I think Red is coming at it the best way he knows how, but I also believe that it's he approaches it in a very unhealthy sort of fashion. And I feel like that word gets tossed around a lot, so I almost hate using that one. But I, he's doing the best he knows how, but it really bothered me the way he went about it. And that's, that's an entirely emotional reaction to it. I mean, I... That, that, that's just the initial and I, it stuck with me reaction. But it's not like he sat there and said, you got yourself into this, good luck. You know, I mean, he's still looking for Agnes. He's still giving his all for Agnes and for Liz, mm. regardless of how angry he is. So, I mean, you have to give him that. I mean, Red, Red does truly care about these people. And, you know, he, he shot Mr. Kaplan at the end of the episode. He he never once raised a gun to Tom the entire time, no matter how much he might blame him for it. Well, it's a father of a child he cares about. And that's true. Yeah, I'm saying he... I, I have to give Red that. I mean, because Kirk's first reaction was, bring me the child, kill the father. Mm-hmm. All right, so going into uh, to Tom and Red and how Red reacts to Tom in, in uh, little Nikos's uh, Bale's Bond area uh and during the surgery when red walks in it's such an interesting moment that he says i mean because he he's basically been encouraging kate in the the idea that that he's going to torture her friend if she cannot get her friend to 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 speak you know you know kate i'm giving you first go if you can't do it i'm torturing him and she goes in and she tries and then when when she says reddington is going to kill you he walks in and says I'm not going to do that. You're loyal. I respect loyalty. 
but I'm surrounded by people who don't, which is yet again another jab at Tom for not being loyal, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He took the moment to take that that very small jab at him of this guy over here behind me, he doesn't care about loyalty. Which is not just that woman there. Yeah. She doesn't care about loyalty. He doesn't care about loyalty. I'm the only person in this room that cares about loyalty. You and me, Nikos, we're on the same side here. You know, it's basically what Red was saying. I, I also uh, looked it up like, well, now you're a father, Tom, so you get to do your own torturing. Is a rite of passage. <laughs> and it could be. Back back to that passing the gun, the, the spy Yeah, hey, the spy I passage. respect you. You're a, you're a father now. You know, you stay with your daughter and you let me go on the dangerous missions. And you get to do your own torturing. <laughs> you get to bloody your own hands. This is not on me. Um, I think it's also a way that he put, I think it had so many layers to the situation. He put a wedge between, because we saw Tom and, and Kate have a bond of sorts in the plane. Yes. That, uh, I want to touch on that later with the parallels between Kate and Tom. But Reddington sat there and watched him forgive Kate for what what Red is blaming Kate for putting Agnes in danger. Tom, who is the little girl's father, is saying, this is not your fault. Things went sideways. This is not your fault. And you know what? Even more than that, I would do it again. And I think that Red sees that there is a, not a bond particularly, but a, but an alliance there that he needs and, to. And you think that he was trying to wedge. To I make do. Him- I do. I think that was one level of it. And by saying, I'm not the one torturing your friend. Tom Keenis. That's a way of doing that. And it, he knew it, it, Tom was going to go to the lengths that he needed to because Agnes's life is in danger. Like we were talking about earlier, there are two things you can rely on Tom for. His his loyalty to Liz and now his loyalty to Agnes. He's going to yes. put that above any other loyalties. He may like the task force. His family comes first. He may like Kate. His, his family's still going to come first. And that is something exactly like Red. Oh, absolutely. And you would think Red would respect that. And He may. On a level, maybe. I don't think he wants to. I, I don't think he wants to respect Tom, but it, I, I do see a change in his attitude towards Tom. And I think that, you know, there may be a reluctant one. It's, it's, it's having shades of him and Dom. You know, I don't necessarily like you, but there are things that about that I respect you and we're family, so. Yeah, and I... You and I've talked about off the podcast before that I'm I'm terrified that we're working towards a situation which Red may not survive the the final finale. You know, that that may be his great redemption is that he gives his life for Liz and her family and her her fantasy. And that that's one of my fears Um, <laughs> as a fan of redemption arcs. I know that's a route that it takes sometimes. You know, I have a feeling that 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 it you know the the issue. I don't know if you if you read all the comics, but in the Gambler. Uh, before he kills himself, Sebastian Royce t- tells Red that trusting Liz is is a gamble, and that one day he might come to regret that. And uh, you know, and and then he bets his own life and plays Russian roulette and um, it's dead. But it was interesting because it's a foreshadowing of sorts. That that and I think what Rostov may try to do is to get Liz to kill Red because that would be like double death. Oh, absolutely. And it, the pain that that would cause Red to have the little girl that he's been trying to save her whole life turn around and and attack him in that way. I mean, this is not just a pen to the neck. You know, this is that. Yes, I, I could see I could definitely see Kirk trying to do that. It would be if Liz would or not. 
would be the question. But yeah, I found it very interesting that, that Red had Tom do that. That that was an interesting situation there. It, uh, it's probably like like his he's always operating so many levels that yes. I think that is it was a, like the best choice he could do. If he didn't himself, it would be it would be so crude to to Kate that probably it would just take off a lot and of that's the, not his but, forte. He he is he said that Brimley is his torturer. Kate is his cleaner. He's not a, Red's certainly a killer, but he's not He's he's very it, it he knows his is more psychological hurt. torture. His is more manipulation yes. psychological torture oh, like, than his like his that kid. fantastic scene with Matt where he says, Oh yeah, I know you're not afraid of pain or death. Now spending eternity in yeah. a box. Yeah. And uh um Craig Just, uh, Craig, uh Christopher yeah. um what did he go by? What was his uh Christopher Mally. Mally, thank you. Um th- that I mean they didn't bring Brimley in on that, but there was a oh, lot. I mean, he brought his mother out. <laughs> that's red went dark there. <laughs> you know, it's but that's what Didn't he does. Threaten he, her, just show her. Oh no, I know. And uh, th- but that's that's red's for that is red's forte. Red went in there. He assessed the situation. He knew what it was going to take, and he said, "Tom, your turn." And so I think it was a lot of different levels. The reason he chose Tom for that. It'd be interesting if they give us some um, deleted scenes about that episode in in the in the DVD. That would be really interesting. I and hope it's a on... commentary of Bokenkamp, <laughs> Eisendrath and Bokenkamp commentary. That's what I'm cheering for. <laughs> and then from there on, I guess that that goes on the on that last episode until until the fact that then we go into Red because this is the first time that Red is actually laying out on Liz and he doesn't get out of the car. He doesn't even he gives her that sideways glance. Oh, that's and Liz so is looking much. at him. And he just drives off. It's like, it. it's that look of, I can't trust myself with what I will say or do around you. Like, I don't think that he would ever attack Liz, you know, physically. Like, he, he would not shoot her like he shot Kate. But the things he might say, I don't think he would have been in control of himself. He was so hurt and so... And he has such an inability to step out of himself in those moments that... And he failed, too. Oh, and he did. And once again, layered, layered, layered red. So many layers to everything he does. There's never a simple answer with Raymond Reddington. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about him. And there, I there always are two cheer- characters that say that. Yeah, that's fair. There, there's actually three, because, I mean, uh, Liz is very much that way as well. No, no, no. Two characters that say that to Reddington specifically. Um, Anslo Garrick says, I know you're going to say that with you, everything mm-hmm. is more complicated than meets the, the, uh, the, the eye or something like that. And mm-hmm. then Marvin Gerard, his lawyer, says, now you're going to go into how with you, everything is more it's more complicated there is more than meets the eye so two characters have said that about red and two characters who know him well so i think you're onto something i mean it's just him we were talking about if we finished up uh red and red's reaction to liz and- I, I think there is there is so much in there he is so hurt he is yes absolutely he's so hurt he's so angry and at the same time i'm i'm concerned that he has to understand that she's playing with less than half the deck yeah he he has to think about it on all levels himself he can't just play all levels he has to think about other people's levels as well and she's she's lived her entire when you have gaps in your history people people have memories from 4 years old and before 
you know, and, and that's that's an interesting parallel between she and, and Tom that, you know, he apparently doesn't have any memories before his abduction at three years old, which he should have at least spotty memories that, you know, th- these people. And I, I was thinking that maybe the only thing is that when he was uh, throttling um, Scotty, he there was a point where he st- Stopped, and you thought it was about right. uh, you saw that he was trying to be a better man and he yes. stopped himself. Yeah. I saw in that same scene there was something that triggered that reaction and he stopped himself. Like there was something he saw. There was something in, in, in the eyes, a little adjustment there that was not just about, oh, I can't do that. Triggered I can't memory. kill this woman. Yes, there was something about looking in her eyes that got him to, to stop. And, and I did wonder, did he get a memory? You, you, you would oh, remember possible. your mother's eyes or he would just trigger something there. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely possible, and it's possible that it's both. I mean, the the once again, we have very, very layered characters. Like we were saying, I mean, James is working on an entirely different level, but Ryan is just, he, the fact that he gets to work with James is fantastic for him, because he is such a talented actor. He really is. I just take five seconds to, <laughs> to give kudos to actors. I, I always love to to brag on the writers because I am a writer. And so that's, you know, the, those are, those are my people there. Oh, from, um, but from the, from the actors to each one of the actors, there oh. is no actors from the main cast to their, to their invited actors. There is nobody in the blacklist that is less than spectacular and, and the production team as well, because oh, yeah. a lot of this is production. It's, it's all made on movie level expertise. It's it's impressive that they put together as much as they put together in such a short period of time. Learning learning what I have about watching the, the behind the scenes and such, those people are impressive. Like they, they cannot receive enough praise. <laughs> mm-hmm. They really can't. And and it's like, I, I know I, I've ragged on them about continuity before, but every time I learn something new, I have a new level of respect for them and it will continue to go deeper as I learn more. I know. Yeah, that's what I used to get upset about some things. And now I realize, wait a minute, how about if I assume first that they're right and see if I find pieces that make it fit before going into and saying, oh, they're wrong and they and don't know what they're it doing. so much more when you go at it from that level. You, you find out how much more you enjoy it. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and so- the, the rest of that we have to talk about is the reaction of the rest of the team to Liz oh, and yeah. the parallels between well, um, Kate and Tom. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to touch first on the parallels between the rest of the team to to Tom and Liz? Uh, okay, do you want to do uh Let's team? start with wrestler. Okay, let's do the team first then. Um, so reactions first, and then we'll go into the parallels. Um, wrestler was, uh, it was so great. I thought that, that the reaction from the very beginning of wrestler was spectacular yes. because uh, it's coming from, from the, uh, there is a point of view of a shipper, which is, you know, is a friend or whatever it is. For me, is about this wrestler has been trying to get Liz out of the darkness of red and to from I think that for him when he realized the reason he did that was to get away from red was like okay so I haven't lost Liz and that to me was important Mm -hmm. and then when he sees her he may be angry at her but I think wrestler this is one and and the, the the thing that I love about wrestler is sometimes he acts straight out of a place in his heart it doesn't filter through and that what very he much think is right and what he 
thinks he should do or shouldn't do or the law or this or that. He goes straight from his heart and that was his friend. It was in, in pain. The daughter was missing and he just hugged her. And something, something that I think that, I mean, it's, it's pretty well fandom accepted from what I've been able to tell. And I mean, it's never been absolutely, you know, said in, in canon, but that wrestler most likely lost a child when he lost Audrey. That um, I mean, you see him looking at that pregnancy test there, mm-hmm. and, and so, he has, he closes his eyes in extreme. Yeah, I mean, so so I really think that I mean, most people that I have ever talked to have have accepted that he lost a child that day as well as the love of his life, and so he's sitting there, and this I, I personally come at this that that wrestler is incredibly close to Liz, whether it's visible or not. Yeah, I mean, he he keeps things a lot. He keeps a lot of his emotions close to his chest. I think they are very close. I think they're good friends, uh, both professionally and I mean, she's the one that he went to when when things were happening with Tom. You know, um, I, when she said and, I, didn't, and- I didn't have anywhere else to go. Moment. Um, so I think that they're very close on many different levels. Um, I. Like I said, I, I don't personally ship them, but I am very much a fan of their partnership and their their friendship. And here is this friend of his that in season three A he confessed to Aram that he he was terrified that he'd lost her when she faked her death in three A. And then we move into three B where she does you know he he really does think for more than five seconds that he's lost her. He, you know they they carry her casket out, they bury her, they go to her funeral, they you know. They visit mm-hmm. her child. They track down her murderer. They've gone through all of this. He finds out she's really alive. And I think his joy overtakes his his anger. And he goes. And then Samar comes through that calm and says, Agnes is not here. And for him, he's, for his friend, he is reliving this. That her child is gone. But yeah, for any Liz, anger he, that he may have had at least dissolves in that moment. Yes. and But for him, he's going, she's gone. But we can save her. He, he, I don't want to say he has a hero complex. I don't think Russ has a hero complex, but he does fill that role he's to an extent. He's a one man. He's a one man Justice League. League. Yes, I love our one man Justice League. But he, he very much fills that role. That he is, he is the character that does not, he's on the outskirts of the gray. I mean, he, he delves into the gray a little bit, but he's on the, the lighter end of the gray of the spectrum here. And, he wants, like you've said before, he wants to save Liz, and now he wants to save Agnes. That he has this chance. I could see that with him. That it's, it becomes incredibly personal to him. He has the chance. He couldn't save his own child. He couldn't save the own. You know, he couldn't save Audrey. He couldn't save their child. He can save Agnes, and that's something yeah. he can take control of, and he can do, and he can do for Liz. And and he has a relationship with with rest, with Red, that is um, it's very complex and, and and interesting because, in he said it to Liz is a question of you know it's not that that makes it right but there are a lot of people that have been saved because of what Red mm-hmm. does, and I think from from the point of view when he's on the you know you know my rubber banding theory he expands and then he contracts. And when he's expanding, that's as far as he will go. Is, is understanding that Red, however hated it is, because Red Red was uh, an intelligent officer that turned, you know, traitor, and that is like a marking, you know, like a like a worse marking. This is the man who's a traitor who who betrayed his country, not just a person, but his entire country. And for him, I think that 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 creates a 
wrestler wrestler have suffered a shock with red he's conflicted with red because yes. there are good it's things that come from a bad man and for wrestler he wants to see good things come from good people yeah he's you know in his book criminals don't go to hotels and tell them to tip people yes. they don't they don't uh the government does not tip for concierge of crime <laughs> yeah they don't hand him three million dollars for him to burn you know while having a lot of fun with Yabari in in in, in Cameroon they don't do that and yet here he's saving people because of information red gives them so I think that conflicts enormously with with his values and yet you know he's he's going ahead he's not saying hey you know what i'm going to to resign from this task force because i can't work with you right. so it's it's an, it's an interesting well, red well, also well, saved his life at one point i think that was a big turning point for for red and Ress was when red saved his life it was such a bizarre thing for for wrestler because i mean he knew why he, he was saving understand. red's life oh exactly he knew why he was doing it he was doing it out of a sense of duty but he had no idea why why Red didn't just take his weapons and go and hide in the box himself. Why he was trying, why he was going out of his way, doing a field blood transfusion to save wrestlers' life. Like that just did not compute with him. And yeah, I, I think it started some very interesting questions for that relationship. It, absolutely. Well, Samar that we discussed last last week that did, you know, a fantastic job in doing that. And then this week she's she's finally I love that moment she had when, you know, she's Cooper just said, you know, get over it and do your job. Oh my favorite she, my favorite there was when she realized the boat was or yes, the, the, the maybe the underwater. Was, yes. And she and her, it hit her. It, it was beautiful, and he says, "You know, when when some when Aram says was the only moment some Aram had that he couldn't lose Liz again, and mm-hmm. and and some and somebody said, I don't think anybody can, and you realize that they're they're really being hard hit by by this." And Tom called it at the christening. They are a dysfunctional family. That is what they are. I mean that that's what it boils down to with them is they are and, just and, a very dysfunctional and I don't think that, family. That, that that Tom was lying when he said oh, that they yeah. were a dysfunctional family and that he wanted he them it. to. Yeah, well, I mean, I, we I talked think about that... last week that Tom never actually lied to the task force. I mean, if no. he didn't care about them, if he did not see them as people, it would have that... been like he lied to to oh. Amanda or to Red or exactly. He tried. He went out of his way. He did a, a Red, and the way he spoke was very precise. For for a man that was raised the way he was, for a man that makes his you know has made his bread and butter off of lies nobody raised him he raised himself well, that's fair he would tell you that, that the major raised him i mean because he, he yeah. says that to bud to his that was the only thing me. the only thing that he had i mean and you realize i said that the only the only person he can thank for raising him is a man who picked him up well it may not have been 14 now they may have to yeah they may have retconned that, that. Um, yeah but, but whatever you know, it was the the time. You young, know, he was in a, a five year old child. He he was an adolescent, and that's the only time that somebody could be told to be raising. Well, we we've been told, you know, several times that he's never felt love. You know, he does not remember feeling love before Liz. That that's the first person he has ever felt in his life made him feel loved and accepted and in which he wanted to return that as well. You can imagine that, I mean, because Bud told him, you know, you play the boyfriend. So, I mean, obviously he's been in in roles in which he's, you know, Mm -hmm. manipulated situations. But 
this has never happened before with him. And it's it's a very unique situation. It's the first time he's ever felt that and that has spurred him on in in turn to tell And now he has this dysfunctional to, family yes, to around yes. him. Oh my goodness. And and even bread in a way, you know. I, I think that he will and I do think, you know, a part of it is it's the world Ren moves in. I'm not sure it is Red that he objects to and that he wanted to get away from. Oh, well, that, and they talked about that when when Tom first found out that she was pregnant with Agnes. That, you know, it's she said, you know, Red's world. And he goes, no, no, our world, yours and mine, our world. And it was it was very much a not Reddington's world. I think he knows what Reddington's world is and he wants out of it. He wants to have a job that he's not getting shot at. You know, I mean, he and obviously he's going to, I mean, he's going to redemption, so he's going to take a dangerous job. But I think in, in an ideal world, Tom would like out of. Except that, that I don't world. think that he could even function there. Same as I, 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 I hear Liz saying he, she wants to have a quiet life. I don't think he would like to go. I I feel like that when he played the terrified FBI husband in season one, he wasn't playing very much. I, uh, I've always wondered how close he was to breaking his, his cover when Enslo Garrick told him that he was the man that was going to put a bullet in his wife's head. Like when he talked to, when he called Liz in, in the Enslo Garrick episodes and talked Mm -hmm. to, to Garrick and that look on his face was very much Jacob Phelps. There we had him. And I've always wondered how close he was to breaking breaking cover and going, I'm done. I know where these people are. I've been there. I'm about to go rush this place and save my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> you know? And yes. just not giving a damn about the major, about Berlin, about anything. And like, I will handle the consequences when they come. I'm saving my wife. I wonder sometimes if he wasn't talking to the FBI on on his cell when he was waiting for her, but had called whatever contact he had and couldn't get through to say, you know, she is in danger. I have to do this, you know, and and was trying to find a way to do it without totally destroying himself in the process. Mm -hmm. Because like we talked about earlier, you know, it was before he chose Liz over the job. So he was still Mm -hmm. weighing that back and forth and still conflicted there. But I've, I've often often wondered how how a man of his of his training managed the terrified FBI husband because I think he really was all through there. Um, okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, are we ready to move on into the uh, the parallels? We have two parallels yes. that we're going to go over. Yeah, um, let's do. Great. the The first one was was Tom and Kate, and this actually came um, came up today when we're when we're recording this. Off of something that I was talking uh, talking to various people on Tumblr about, um, and put up a uh, a gift set of it. It was very interesting because uh, we had at the beginning of the episode we had that scene between in the plane with Kate, Tom, and Red, and they're talking, and, and Kate turns to him and says, "You know, this is my fault." It was very much a, I feel guilty over this. I am so sorry about this. I am apologizing to you for this. This is your child. This is your pain that I feel like I have caused. Whether I was doing the, you know, I still think that Kate thinks she did the right thing. But, you know, it, it screwed up and she understands that. And she she is sorry for the pain she's caused Tom in this. And in a very emotionally mature fashion, which is kudos to him because I'm always all for Tom growing in mature in emotional maturity because he's he's behind the the curve on that um considering you know he first time he ever 
felt love for someone was like what 27 28 years old somewhere around there mm-hmm. um but uh he he turned to her and said this is not your fault you gave us a chance and i would do that all over again and so he alleviates he does what he can in his his moment to alleviate her guilt and then we turn around at the end of the episode and he's sitting in the car with her and he apologizes to her for for little nikos saying i did it for my daughter but I, basically essentially i'm sorry that i caused you pain um a, a friend of mine over on tumblr referenced back um to to season two when liz said when liz told cooper when she was talking about holding tom she said i'm not i'm not sorry that i did it i'm sorry that it had to be done and that's very much what tom's saying to kate right then that this was this was a necessity but i am i'm sorry that it hurt you you know on, on an emotional level and which is which is big for him, but she turned around and basically said, "I'm not. Yeah, that don't don't worry. You're well, not making I, things not easy. Even, yeah, I'm not even sure it was a not. Don't worry. It wasn't a don't. Oh no, worry, don't like, don't worry about telling me any of this. Yeah, it doesn't like, mean anything to me because you know I'm Red's gonna kill me. It, it was it all was, about Red. Yeah, but and, she she did not make she did not. She was I not don't think make it it's easy for him. <laughs> no." No. And and I understand that that was was she was processing the issue with Red. It really didn't have anything to do with Tom in that situation. But it was an interesting parallel because he had gone out of it. You know, he he took that step to to try to comfort her emotionally, which is huge for him. And I then think- Kate, who is actually pretty good with that, um, reading emotions and shifting her. You know, she she's really good at comforting people, at making things easier, making things cleaner. She just was so done. She was so spent by that point that she was like, I love that you think I'm going to make this easier for you, but I won't. Well, it just occurred to me that that also that there's a in my conflict in seeing Red and a lot, a lot of people are very angry with Red. I am not. I do think that there was some enough bizarre things that Kate was doing between the weird kiss, the time she opens her eyes, the she lingers at the end in in uh, 401 when Red is talking to Esteban. Um, as soon as she hears Agnes, she stops or a child, she stops. The, there is all these things like where did she get the gun that she took to Romina and got and got Agnes back? Um, there's all these strange things for me enough to to wonder. And also, Kirk was having a lot of information. He knew what Red had been telling Liz over over a long period of time. So I I did wonder where who is who does Kirk has. In red mist, and I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, sure, it is Tom." I, I don't see that happening because it, it's the logic doesn't support it. I mean, Tom has taken so many risks in being open that he's not going to go around and go to Kirk and tell her, and tell him, especially after saying, "You know, you, what does it say to Kirk? I'm, you're holding a woman and, and a child, and I'm all going." That, all I'm that matters is that you have a woman and her child. So it's not, it's not, you can see that 
there is he's there is no jabs. There is none of those little things that he did with Red at the at the ex, you know, at the in the hospital after after Sam's de- death. There's none of that. I, I don't see that. I could see that he's in for, that he got a feel that this dad was alive working for Berlin, but I don't see that there. So the only other person left is it's Kate. That was Kate in a way because she was very forceful with Liz in offering her to fake her death. And I think that that's one of the reasons that that Red was so angry with with uh, Kate, because it was. It's not that Liz came up to her and say, listen, help me do this. She put that idea in Liz's mind. Yeah. And she, she I mean, to be fair, she took two terrified parents, brand new parents that had just had their wedding shot up and newly lost their child in childbirth Liz and was, emergency Liz was childbirth. Drugged. And yeah, yes. and Liz was drugged. They were both terrified for their baby girl. And yeah, no, that that's a fair statement. I personally, and I'm probably coming from this from a very emotional standpoint, that I don't want Kate to have betrayed Red on that level. Like I, I don't want to think that's possible. I do, <laughs> I'm putting I blinders think, on there, but but I do I, see I'm, what you're saying that there are a lot of unanswered questions there. I I don't know that that I would say is betrayed her as as what she said. I've been I'm protecting you the way you do, and I think it's protecting him for himself. I do wonder if at some point you know, red handed her that baby when Liz was a a, a baby. Put her in his in, in in her care, and she's basically being a parent for for Liz. So maybe she thought that at one point it was okay for Liz to get answers. Maybe she's saying, you know, it, and remember he said to Red, "You won't lose her no matter what happens." And at that point, we had no idea what what happens was. Yeah, we thought, oh, it's because she's going to marry Tom. I don't think so. I think that she may have had this idea that maybe it was time for Liz to meet Rostov. That's possible. Yeah, that's that's something I hadn't really contemplated, but that's a possibility. It depends. I think it really will boil down to if Kirk is how truthful he's being, and there, there's a lot of of questions on that. Um, well, on I if just we came can up. Believe him. Exactly. Exactly. But if we could, if we could, because that's a big if. I mean, his story is still spotty. His methods are lamentable. Make Red look like, you know, uh, paraphrasing Fitch, a, a Christmas elf. <laughs> um, but certainly, um, if Liz, if Liz is really Rostov's daughter, and there is any truth to the story that he's putting in, in Liz's head, certainly there would be a concern that why not let Liz have some answers? Why not give her some peace of mind? And we have we have seen that Red is willing to that he has contemplated giving her answers before, and he's backed out when he sat there in the caretaker and burned that whatever was in that letter. Mm-hmm. He had that letter, and he he burned that. He he was not willing anymore to give her whatever answers those were, and so he is backed out of a lot of answers. Fear drives him on that, I think. Fear of losing her for good. So there is some secret there, some some guilt that he has or whatever it is that he feels like is going to drive her away for good, that he is more worried about that than losing her to death, which it could be possibly his ego doing that or it, it's it's very difficult to put a, a real judgment on that until we know what that is. Exactly. 
but 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 it, it there there is a way that I can see that all those things can be can happen at the same time. I don't I do not think it's impossible that most of what Rostov thinks is is the truth and he's telling Liz is the truth, at least from his perspective, that when Red thinks is the truth is true in his perspective, and that Kate was also trying to be to to do right by Liz. But now looking back at all those scenes from that is three eleven, that she said you're not gonna lose her in that moment there was nothing to lose her f- about. Mm-hmm. It, we it, hadn't it, seen Kirk. We hadn't seen Kirk. We had no idea what was going on, and and I think that it, that that's what she was talking about. She was talking about Rostov coming. It's sometimes it's difficult in the blacklist to figure out what are characters foreshadowing and what are writers using the characters to foreshadow things. And uh, so it could really mm-hmm. be either way on that. I, I do hope that she just went in one of their multiple uh, wardrobe changes in, in Cuba and put on a, a, a vest. <laughs> because it was not a shot to the head, as people say. I really it, couldn't tell. Red, I've, I've watched it several red times. Red never does shots to the head. Red is the... I, Every single time, except for um, for Mr. Vargas, but Mr. Vargas was sitting down. It was it was it was not easy to do well, a, 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 a body a, shot. I was gonna say Vargas was a chest shot, wasn't? Oh, may have been. Because people are thinking it's a headshot because the way the camera's angled is that when she goes down, y- you don't see the sun behind her, and then she jerks around, and suddenly you see the sun behind her. It gives you the impression of a headshot. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it is. I, it was for me. I've watched it several times now, I, and I couldn't tell where he shot her. I, I really think it was a camera angle that was playing the mm-hmm. the angles there, and it was very difficult to tell with the way she yeah. worked around where he shot her. Red always does body shots. It's it's a heart shot. That would make sense. That would make sense. And and if she's any smart, she would just put a. She certainly wears enough clothes for it. I mean, she always wears very, very high collared, you know, sort of clothing. Yeah. It, it would be very easy to hide, hide. And like and they are very thin one nowadays, that she could probably wear oh, it and not be seen. Absolutely. Are we going to go into our final parallel that we have on here? Yes, absolutely. Right. Those yes. we love. And uh, before we go the into the parallels, let me just um, intersect the, the themes that I've been seeing. I go for the, the themes of the blacklist, the symbols. Water is one. We had plenty. That a scene of, of Liz uh, nose diving, that, that plane was absolutely delightful. And then, you know, they're, they're in the water and, and, and Rostov is, is drowning and she pulls him up. It was, it was just, I mean, there was so much symbols there. It was great. And then there is the, the, the little violin that I saw in the room and that's, um, Berlin had a cello. There has been plenty of pianos everywhere, but I've only seen those two, um, string instruments the piano, the the cello in Berlin, and the and the violin in here, and it goes back to Dom. And music plays definitely. There is there is music is like sadness, or maybe I don't know. What do you think? I honestly, I I spotted it in the episode, but I I did not remember it being in Berlin, um, in Berlin's hideout, but. 
I, I don't know what to make of it yet. It's one of those pieces of the puzzle that I'm going to kind of log away and keep in the back mm-hmm. of my mind because I don't know what it means yet. Whenever I've seen that. In any character that has that has instruments or play music, be it uh, the stewmaker or um, anybody, most people who play music or have instruments, they all have a great sadness about them, a loss, a significant loss in their lives. Well, it's just I mean, it's we, just we one of the things. We saw Kirk's face when, when Liz says something about a traumatic thing in your past, you know, to make you think mm. these dark and traumatic things that you're doing to me now are okay. Well, Loki got, I think, was very purposeful, and it was very interesting. And I think that we're going mm-hmm. to find out eventually what those traumatic things are, and it'll be very interesting to do that. Absolutely. So moving into to Liz and Tom and the parallel that we wanted to take a look at was the interesting thought on on their search for information about their childhood, whether they knew it or not. I mean, obviously Liz knew it going through the Summer Palace that this might have a connection to her childhood. We see her get up and start to explore as she moves up the stairs and through the hallway. The camera shots were very, very similar. As I was watching it the first time through, that's all I could think about was the uh, the first Alexander Kirk episode, which was the backdoor pilot for, for uh, Redemption. Mm-hmm. And that moment where... Tom, uh, Agnes has been taken. Scotty has her. Tom goes and and rushes into the the presidential um, fundraiser, which is funny because I feel like they probably should have had better security there for that presidential candidate for Tom just to waltz in. But anyway, the, he gets escorted up to Scotty's office and he walks down that long hallway. We have very similar the shots between the Keens, and I'll reblog this and I'll try to put it over on Facebook if I can figure out how to do that as well. Um, but I put up a gift set of the, of the comparison with, you have Liz walking down the long hallway, Tom walking down the long hallway, and they both come in their individual moments. They come to a door in which something medical is happening. We know it's Kirk on the other side for Liz and a, the nurse walks up and closes the door in her face for Tom. We don't know who's on the other side, but we hear a respirator. The, the general theory is that it might be Howard Hargrave, which would be very fascinating if it is. That means because he is also closed out of that room. A gentleman walks up. We don't know who he is, if he's a doctor or if he's just a caretaker, walks up and cl- looks at him and closes that door. Exact same shot as with Liz. Mm-hmm. That kind of taken back of, am I interrupting something here? You know, what's going on? And the curiosity there. And they're both shut out of these answers if that's Howard, they're both shut out of answers about their fathers. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the room. Liz is looking at the same picture of Katrina in the swing that was at Red's apartment in Bethesda. And Tom looks at the picture of, of himself, not yes. knowing that it was himself. You, you've got and, several things with Liz. At the beginning, you have the the book that she picks up. Uh, at the mm-hmm. you know, if you're lining up the scenes in the order that they come in, it would be the book and the photo because Tom picks up the photo of Christopher and his parents at the at the beach, and that he's looking at with this, like you were talking about earlier when you were talking about the look that he gives Scotty when mm-hmm. he's about to <laughs> when he's about to break her neck. Um, th- this kind of look of 
there's something familiar. It's um, if anybody's seen the the old uh, Fox uh, animated movie of Anastasia when she's remembering all of that, it kind of reminds me of that. That uh, th- these memories that are coming back that have been lost, that have been lost to either trauma or or you know purposefully blocked out via you know the situation Liz is in, et cetera, et cetera. Just whatever the case, these memories that are almost there or on the tip of their memories, but they can't quite reach them. Well, it's interesting because you say that, you know, to be, to put it in this same order, I find that I, I always look at the blacklist as if it were one of those funny houses with mirrors in which the parallels are never quite exact. The, it, there is always a little distortion going in. You know, like in those houses, you go there and you think that you have a door in front of you, except that the door is not there. It's all play of mirrors. So always look f- for a slight distortion. So Liz first looks at a book and Tom at a picture, but then eventually Liz gets to that picture and there is a second one of her with a mother and they were like eating a cake or something. I saw that. I actually saw that for the first time. I didn't realize that in the first couple watch throughs, but I was gift making today and I saw that one. And it's it's Lottie. It's uh the, the lady that's mm-hmm. playing in the flashbacks. And she's yep. she's fantastic. I I really hope they continue to bring her back. And I wanted to say very intentional shots. For example, when Liz first meets Rostov and he comes from the darkness and suddenly his, his face starts to get out of the darkness and he starts seeing it. And that is the exact same shot that when Liz remembers um, shooting her father. And it's the same shot. The face is down in the dark, then she shoots, and then the face comes out and he the man falls down. So those kind of shots are, in, are important. They are done on purpose. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And it's, I, I feel like it was really highlighted in this episode with, with Liz walking down that long hallway and, and Tom, very similar, with the door being shut in their face. And we also have interesting parallels going on as Liz meets Red in the same day and stabs him with a pen on the neck and the carotid. And the same day that she meets Rostov, she punches him <laughs> and then tried to drown him and then takes a plane down because she's not leaving where her little daughter is. So simple well, as that. I, I, I may be showing my shipper colors here, but, you know, these are men that have both threatened her husband. That's, that's yes. what she does. <laughs> and and that is, you know, that's a second parallel. Red comes in and Zamani is gutting Tom for him. And uh, Rostov is not messing up. He's just having him killed. And it's a very interesting distinction also between in all this, you know, is Rostov or I think that Rostov definitely has a... Um, a, a blood disease, and he, I, I believe that he's dying, and maybe all this desperation to get Liz at whatever cost is is out of that. Uh, but it's I find interesting um, that both of these men react to Liz and what Liz loves in very different ways. Rostov is is making decisions for for Liz. Well. Red didn't kill Tom because Liz loved him. Red did not take the fulcrum, even if it was a matter of life and death for him. 
did it would have been so easy as how many places that Liz has she's sleeping in a motel room to go and look for it yet he asked for the he asked for the fulcrum when he doesn't get it he just go he's ready, getting ready to go away and I think that is a level of respect and and that's the the one thing that you say well there is more to red being actually a father to Liz than Rostov right well I, I think those are the the two two or three big parallels that we were looking at. Um, and there's going to be good heavens. There will be so many more moving forward when we continue to get information on Kirk and Katarina and all of that information. I, I feel like there's a really good chance that Tom and Liz will have so many parallels with their parents, you know, as we move forward and find out more about them. And I think with that, yeah, that about wraps us up. And, uh, Absolutely. Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, over on YouTube and SoundCloud. Conversa- er, uh, conversations can be had and, and comments can be left. iTunes. You can uh, listen yes. to us on iTunes, iTunes too. And don't Absolutely. be shy. If you have a special request or things that you can see, we can consider. We don't say that we're going to do it, but we can certainly consider it. Oh, absolutely. If you see something, I mean, because we, we go over, it seems to be that our general idea is to go over the way that people are, are approaching the Keens. If you want to see a certain outlook on that, or if you happen to see a certain parallel, we do love our parallels here at Keen Minds. So, we do. All right, just leave us a comment and let us let us know you uh, are listening. We it looks like we've had over a hundred different you know listens on between YouTube and SoundCloud and, and iTunes. So that's we're really excited about that for our first launching episode. So we hope you Truly stick with excited. us. Absolutely, we want to thank you guys and we love you all and hope to see you uh, for this episode and many to come. <laughs>